This is Rebecca. And this is Naomi. We're 40-something moms and first cousins who know what it's like to veer off the path assigned to us. Together, we've juggled motherhood, marriage, college, and careers as we explore new identities and ways of seeing the world. Without any maps for either of us to follow, we've had to figure things out as we go and accept that detours and dead ends are part of the path. However, along the way, we've uncovered a few insights that we want to share with fellow travelers. We want to talk about the questions we didn't even know who to ask and the options we didn't know we had. So whether you're feeling stuck or already shaking things up, we're here to cheer you on and assure you that the best is yet to come. Welcome to Uncovered. Life Beyond. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Uncovered Life Beyond. This is Naomi, and I'm here today with Rebecca. And we're dropping into your podcast feed to discuss something that happened recently. So this wasn't a scheduled or a planned podcast, but we thought we would share our debrief and conversation with you. So hey, Rebecca. Hey, Naomi, I'm so excited to be back. And I think this is such um, an important conversation. I think it's something that we often just assume happens and we forget to be like, wait, maybe this isn't okay. I agree. And I think the fact that it happens so often and it feels kind of like not a big deal. Right. Um, is, is, is part of the problem. Well, and maybe it's not so much that it's not a big deal as much as it's almost normal. Right. The fact that it feels normal is problematic. Exactly. Exactly. So what happened was last weekend, uh, Dave, my boyfriend and I were traveling out of state and we stopped by an Amish owned store and when we walked in, I noticed this older man sitting there by the door and he was eyeing the girls at the around the cash register. And my spidey senses kind of went off and I thought, oh, he's checking them out. And then mm-hmm. my next thought was, no, 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 come on, come on. You're being judgmental. You don't know. He's probably totally harmless. And I went on my way shopping. Um, And I was several aisles over when I heard him start talking to one of the girls and it was the the younger one. He was trying to guess her age. She was around seven. And um, it was clear he was trying to get them talking. And I looked over there and I was feeling uncomfortable about how it was going. But what was I supposed to do? Like, you know, go tell him to stop talking. Anyway, I kept listening and in like a sentence or two later, he launches into this whole bit about, isn't it awful how terrible American society is? The sexual perversion. Oh God. Oh God. I, I jerked around and looked um, around that time, the owner, who I think was a father of one or two of the girls there, w- came walking by. And so I thought, well, if there's, you know, a, a, a male who's associated with them, he can probably pull more weight than I can. Right. But I still felt like 
I needed to do something. And I guess that brings me to my question. What do you do in a situation like that? Do you step in? What, what do you say if you step in? Ugh. You know, there's so many levels to this. I think about how much specifically the Amish and Mennonite culture sets us up for this kind of stuff. I remember being young in this situation. Uh, my parents always had like a little truck patch stand out along 45. And I mean, we were the ones running it. And we were young, like eight years young, like barely wow. able to do math young. And then also they like made dog houses and sold them. And for some reason, I was home alone a lot with my younger siblings. And again, young, like between eight and 12, probably. Wow. And I had to deal and collect money and talk with these people. And I remember just just getting in situations where it felt so cringy. Right. And it and didn't help. Yeah, and, and what are you supposed to do right. with right. a cringy situation? Yeah. Well, especially when we're taught that our heart is actually evil and you can't trust it. And when we're taught to be submissive and obey promptly. You never question or challenge authority. And oh, yeah. Any any impulse to push back or to be rude or disrespectful is beaten out of you right. long by, you right. know, long before you're eight. So there's that part of it. And then that's not even that's not taking into consideration how the culture itself, the outside culture, plays into it. I mean, your freaky old man was right. It is kind of perverted. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. What I wish I would have said to him, you know, what what I was able to come up with later mm -hmm. and once the situation was over was to walk up without any fear of or concern for making things awkward <laughs> um who cares about it being awkward he's the one who made it he awkward. made it awkward in the first place exactly and i wished i would have walked up to him and looked him square in the eye and said what do you think you're doing right leave these girls alone quit harassing them creepers like you are what's wrong with america exactly exactly but yeah. of course that's not my first instinct what's my first instinct to do to listen to uh be concerned to protect myself i mean and and that bystander that role of the bystander to make things awkward to break up the situation or to just keep moving and 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 refuse to make things awkward is part of what perpetuates the problem. Well, but again, and again, I think I think you need to give yourself a little bit of grace because this is in fact what we've been groomed for. I mean, to, to play a thousand head games and say, you know, what should I do? What should I not do? Is it okay to do this? Is it, you know, am I am I misreading the situation? Am I, you know, whatever else? That is what we've, in fact, been taught to do. And it is deeply embedded. Absolutely. And that's not just a feature of Amish Mennonite culture, right? I mean, Correct. like, that's that's a feature of... <laughs> well, hopefully the outside world broad, hasn't had it literally beaten out of them in the way that, that maybe some of us have. But, you know, yes. What I have done in situations like this, and I have been in... Dutch speaking situations, stores, whatever, 
I will just go up to the counter in Dutch, say, Bist du okay? Sally Kapasawa. Das is net good. And so basically in Dutch, I'm saying, are you okay? Do you want me to talk? I don't think this is okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I don't know. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but my logic in that is it still gives them the power. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not coming in and asserting myself and taking over. And I feel like in that kind of situation, especially since I can speak the language, that's kind of a privilege. I mean, like, mm-hmm. there's not every situation where you can do that. Right. No, I, I love that. I love that so much. Because it occurred to me, you know, another option would have been to um, go up and ask them if they have vanilla, you know, <laughs> or, right. you know, do they carry this or that bulk food? I, I could have interrupted the situation right. without, you know, making it awkward. I, and I think another dynamic here, too, was that, you know, they wouldn't want to offend a customer, right? I mean, like, that's the right in, in a society where the customer is always right. There's also that. Especially a male sure. customer. <laughs> exactly. A respectable like, old man. Truly, now, truly. Now, before I'm castigated as a as a man hater, I have to give credit to another customer who came through the checkout shortly after that man left. And he said to the girls, and I mentioned the seven-year-old, but there was the other two seemed to be like maybe uh, teens or young adult age, said, people like that really make me uncomfortable. And I, I was am so proud. I was so happy to hear that. Yeah, I really was. Because that's, again, affirming their discomfort. Like if right. they felt whatever they were feeling, if they hated it, if they were uncomfortable, it's affirming that, yeah, you aren't crazy. That Yeah, that's probably not okay. And it's coming from a guy even. Yeah. 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 Same generation. Yeah. So... I was glad, glad to hear that. The whole experience just reminded me of the importance of being prepared to step in. And and I thought about a video that I saw a long time ago, and we can maybe link it up in the show notes. It was dealing with uh, domestic violence, and it was talking about the power of a bystander to intervene. In the video, it was like a next door neighbor hearing the sounds of domestic violence and going over and knocking on the door and asking for a cup of milk. And, and it was just enough to interrupt the situation. And it's a short-term solution, but, but also one option. Yeah. The other story, it was a black girl on a subway and she was being harassed because of her color. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember where I saw this because it made me cry. I remember like crying when I read it. Um, She said there was a group of people harassing her and there was an older lady a little distance away who was reading a book and without even putting the book down she just kept sliding closer and closer Mm -hmm. and closer Mm -hmm. she kept her book up i think she made eye contact with the girl a few times but just came closer and closer and i think we forget how much our presence sometimes even without causing a scene Yes. How much our presence makes a difference. Right. And especially, I mean, I thought that was brilliant because she could have moved away. She could have, you know, 
was like, this is not my circus. And, you know. Right. But instead, she chose to quietly just move closer. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Because there's one thing creepers don't like or bullies is being exposed. And right. just being seen, being being recognized, right? Like has a power of its own. Being recognized and even silently, even if it's silently being challenged. Right. Like, really? I'm going to move closer. And the other thing I've seen, and again, this is videos, and I think I have done this in situations too, and probably not as well as the video show, but if there's something going on and, you know, she's alone and there's a guy kind of bullying her or whatever, just walking up and being like, hey, sorry I'm late. Are you ready to go get some coffee? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to know. The other person doesn't have to know that she doesn't know you from Adam. But again, it diffuses the situation. And again, it, it moves you closer to the potential victim. I think, again, the most powerful part of this, though, is it confirms to the victim that what she's sensing, what she's experiencing, isn't something in her imagination. Or exactly. it isn't something to be talked out of. or right. It affirms her experience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's huge. Always, yeah. And I don't always have to be the hero. She might have the power to do what she needs to do in it. But quietly being able to support it mm -hmm. or support her and not right. move away, to move closer. Right. I think might be more powerful than what we imagine. I agree. And, you know, it seems uh, on, on one hand, this topic doesn't really seem to have anything to do with college, but it does when we move out of one context into another context. It's really easy to doubt ourselves. It's really easy to go, well, maybe I just maybe this is normal. I mean, I think of situations that I've been in where I doubted myself because I felt kind of fish out of water. And in retrospect, no, that was, <laughs> I should have trusted my senses because it was creepy. And I think when we think of someone going into any new context, like college, for example, being assured that trusting their gut is really important. Right. And the thing is, I've had college professors who were less than appropriate in moments. And my first instinct was to feel like, well, they're the professor. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm freaking 40 years old <laughs> and I'm having that mental conversation. I don't care if it's a preacher. Right. I don't care if it's a professor. I don't care if it's a lawn care person. I don't care who it is. If right. you feel uncomfortable, if you feel threatened, trust your experience, trust your feeling. This game of doubting ourselves and thinking we might somehow be reading it wrong will forever, forever surprise me. The other mm -hmm. night I was actually part of a, and I think it was a one shot deal, but they had a self-defense class and there were some training techniques being taught. And, you know, the famous shot to the groin was brought into play. And there was probably 70 women there, but one woman raised her hand and she said, yeah, but what if I hurt someone and they were totally innocent? And a lot of women were like, yeah, yeah, what then? And I'm like, 
oh my God, we are here in order to figure out how to keep ourselves safe, but we're still concerned about hurting other people. That's who most of us are. And he just said, which I thought was very wise, he said, if you're saying, please stop, if you're saying this is not okay, if you're moving back, if you're moving away, and he's not, or they, the person, is not respecting those signals, he's not innocent. Go for the groin. Get away. But our ability to doubt ourselves and, and fear to harm other people, I think, should be... First of all, in some ways, respected. Mm-hmm. I think we need to respect that, even as frustrating as it is. We came by it no... honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe we need to retire it a little bit, too. I'm so glad you made that point, because if you feel like you need to remove yourself from the situation, and it later turns out it was completely innocent, if you're dealing with a good person, they will understand. They will be glad you did what you needed to right. do to feel safe. If it's not someone who's trustworthy, yeah, they might be offended, but they will be offended no matter what if you don't go along with their game. So you just can't lose. You can't lose. And all this thing of of respecting people, especially our elders, we were never taught to respect ourselves. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. Like, can we just start respecting ourselves and trusting ourselves? And create new narratives. Absolutely. That's so beautifully said. And I think that's a perfect way to wrap this up. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you talked about this and brought it up. And I'm so proud in the ways that you and so many of my friends are starting to um, question some of these narratives and create new skills because that's hard. It is. And you know all about that. <laughs> you, uh, you know, know. All about that, too. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in it together. We are. We certainly are. All right. Well, we'll chat soon. Take care. What are your thoughts about today's topic? Join us on Facebook and Instagram to add your perspective and experiences. What are your burning questions about college and life beyond high demand religion? We're starting with questions both we ourselves have asked or others have asked us. But we know you have your own questions and stories. Share them with us at uncoveredlifebeyond at gmail.com. That's uncoveredlifebeyond at gmail.com. Until next time, stay brave, stay bold, stay awkward. 